Welcome to Safe House. Um, in the Safe House studio, we've got the gorgeous Austrian housewife herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Miss Chanel O'Connor. Oh my God, hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, yes, my name is Chanel von Stuckenbacken, finger-sucking, <laughs> lucky, ducky, wucky, fucky O'Connor. Absolutely. All the rest. All, All the husbands that. that she's been with. Exactly. Have you ever seen Safe House? Or is it called Safe House? Or is it called... What's, What's the, the premise? Um, Jodie Foster and who's that girl from film TV show it's a film okay um, and it's it's that girl from Twilight what's what's her what? Bella the one who plays Bella yeah what's her name oh, Kristen, Kristen Stewart Stewart Kristen Stewart <laughs> Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig. so <laughs> far away so far away anyway they they also have a thing called safe room it's called safe room it's, oh that's okay it's called safe I'll room. allow that anyway the so- point is I'm you're Kristen Stewart today I'll be Jodie Foster. Very fitting. <laughs> um, so, I've started doing this thing where I'm letting my guests introduce themselves. So, yeah. because the best way to introduce yourself is to introduce yourself. Of course, of course. So, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself before we start? So, um, my name is Chanel O'Connor, but call me Channel if you're nasty. No, um, I used to say that years ago, but I, I need to get back into it. What channel are you? If you could be any channel. Oh, Channel One. Motherfucker Channel One. Channel one. See when BBC people... One? Yeah. Really? But the point of the story is, see, when people come up to me and they go, oh, Chanel number five, I go, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Chanel number one, you moron. Absolutely. Like, like they, need to, they need to get it. They need to get it. But the point of the story is, my name is Chanel. Mm-hmm. I'm from Scotland. But the drag character of Chanel, mm-hmm. um, she's an Austrian housewife, oil guard, socialite, mm-hmm. European widow baroness. Um, psycho murderer. <laughs> that side I've not seen yet, but yeah, very excited to yeah. see that. Get ready, get ready. <laughs> lived lived in Scotland, performed in Scotland, and now been living in Manchester for a year. So mm-hmm. yeah, here I am now. So it's Don't very you worry, exciting. we'll get into all of that oh, a little bit, a little bit later on. So obviously you're here because you're creative. That's why yeah. you're here. The main, or the, the most, I won't, I won't say main, but the obvious creative side to you is that you do drag. Yeah, funnily enough. Obviously. However, you also... We're in drag at this moment yes we are we are in total drag <laughs> at this current moment my lashes can you hear them flick as i flutter input sound effects yeah <laughs> of bird of bird ticking off yeah have you seen the um off topic a little bit but there's a, a tiktok going around of these massive big mascara brushes oh the buses, buses going at this fierce Very it's that. so fierce Very, that's, that's you right now that's me right now it's a big, my giant it's lashes a big bus with an eyelash. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> I'll take a train over a bus any day. I'll have Thank this you. Is a safe house. This is a safe house. <laughs> um, but you also get back on top. Get back on top. You also make gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous garms. Gorgeous gowns. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Where did so, that? Yeah. Where did that begin? It began. It, I don't know where I could start, but like the place that started with me was. I was always interesting in creative things. It all started when I was a child. I really loved Lego, and I think okay. that Lego and and. And when you're a child, the way that you play and interact and what you do, I think really interprets and takes you to where you want to go in the future. Yeah. So like for me, it was like, I really enjoyed creating things. I was really good at art. I was really good at graphic communication. So I was really good at putting things together and I could make a Lego set without instructions, things like that. That's fine. So from that, that made me go, oh, and I really loved fashion. I really loved clothes. And then I discovered the world of drag and I discovered that and I was like, oh, but Things I didn't, just seemed I, to pair together so nicely. Yeah, and I didn't... At the time, I was very nervous about telling my parents what I wanted to do. So I made a secret plan, <laughs> which was to become a drag queen, what do you need? You need to be good at makeup, you need to be good at hair, you need to be good at making dresses, mm-hmm. or being able to dress yourself. And I went, well, or the things I wanted my drag character or persona to wear, mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to make them. Yeah. Because I thought I was like, makeup, going to school for makeup, mm, I don't know. I think that's that's a bit on the nose. Yeah. Whereas if I went and did fashion, you can kind of go into so many different articles and whatever. And Absolutely. So I went and studied fashion and I then discovered my love for kind of construction and, and my degree is fashion technology. So it's all about the making, manufacturing of And garments. she is technically so fashionable. So it's technical fashion. So I hate, I hate when people come up to me and they go, design me something. I hate designing, if I'm honest. Yeah. hate designing. So do you get... Sorry to interrupt. Do you get designs from other people and then just make? Yeah. My favourite thing is someone comes to me with a picture and goes, make that. And I go, I can make that. Oh, that's so fun. That's also so like high maintenance of you to be like, 
I'm not drawing you shit. I'm not drawing you shit. You draw it, I, I'll make it. I hate it. And when Love. I, listen, I, I will do it. I will draw something for someone and we'll sit there and have a design consultation. Mm-hmm. But I'm always very much of the mindset like, baby, just show me a picture you found on Pinterest and I will fucking make it. That's, so, <laughs> but there's so much, there's so much power in that. Yeah. Like, I would love to be able to look at something and be like, give me X amount of time yeah. and I'll create it. And to decon, like, because it just works in my brain that I just sit there and stare at it for maybe like five, ten minutes and go, okay, I think this is how I'll do it. So and, I, and I just go for it. That's insane. And half the time I'm not working with like patterns or a lot of it's just, just done by eye. I'll put a t-shirt, I'll literally sometimes use a t-shirt or like a little basic. Even for drag? Even for drag, a basic block, a basic thing and go, right, and just spin it and move it and... That's crazy. So, that's yeah. ma- I'd love to get into your brain while that's happening. Oh, it's mad. That's crazy. But, yeah. That's, that's the creative mindset of just being like, okay, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. So did that come before the drag or did the drag, or did it, was it at the same time? Or all, Yeah, yeah. It all kind of like came at the same time. It was one of those things that while I was at college, I would play around with makeup. Mm-hmm. this was my favourite thing to do my room used to be in the attic so I used to be mm-hmm. way way up and my mum and dad room and my sister's room were like on the ground floor our house was weird and I used to put on like a movie and I would sit in front of my TV and whatever I had done by the end of the movie makeup wise I was like that'll do so like Sick. there'd be sometimes like I would be like wow my makeup is amazing and other times I'd be like my makeup is crazy. Because the film was really short. Yeah, the film was really <laughs> short or I'd be watching The Fucking Dark Knight. So it'd be That's pitch black because I didn't understand lighting. So I'd be there like, why is it like, why do I look like this? So it was she mad. She like Avatar and comes out looking like RuPaul. And she's yeah. Like, okay. Okay. I get it. What we're we doing here. What so, age is this? What kind of I was like, frame? I was maybe 15, 16 when I started like playing around with makeup. Okay. I, went, I went to college at 16. I was very young. Come on. I was very young. I really couldn't be bothered with school. I was so like, let's get on with it. Let's go. No, I'm no, ready to go. Yeah. I'm so ready to go. I was like that at like uni age. I remember there was a period just before I went to uni where I fought with my mom relentlessly. Love her now. She's an absolute queen. Yeah. But I was just fighting with it all the time. And I was like, why is this happening? It was just because I wanted to leave. Yeah. I was ready to go. It was nothing on her. It was just, I was so ready to go. And I was, I was, I was having none of college while I was there. Yeah. I was like, I'm ready for uni. I don't want to be here. Because I've been, go- I've been using my brother's ID for like three years before that. <gasps> love it. Since I was like 15. So, so like, you'd I'm, been I was out like, and about. So I was 15. Puss, I was like, I'm that. ready to go. I was like, yeah. I'm done. I'm done with this shit. These kids are children. These are children. I'm an adult. I've got ID. <laughs> I can buy booze. <laughs> I smoke cigarettes. Ooh. And then now I'll go home at one because I'm bored because I've been going out for so long. <laughs> All the kids my age are like staying out till five in the morning. Oh, and that's I'm so just, funny. Just trying to smoke that. No, I did. I tried to cover my mouth. <laughs> And be like, but I didn't realize I had this. I'm just holding this as dramatic. Like, I thought it was like so funny, so so stupid. Just for the listeners, (laughs) Chanel has a cocktail stick in her hand, and I just using it as a really really long cigarette. It's a really long cigarette. It's it's not a cocktail stick. It's actually a coffee stir. Where does that come from? I have quite a few in my bag because I always like to have just mad shit in there. I have a lighter. I don't even smoke. Anyway, as anyway, you're so you're you're I? running around at fifteen, yeah, smoking doobies, doing big Absolutely. fat lines. I was just ready. I feel like yeah, I was ready to go a bit later than you were, but okay. I didn't find my like queer shit and everything else until the age of nineteen. Right, but it took me so much longer, and I think it shows that you've been doing it a while. Oh. <laughs> but I wish someone had Don't sat me in front of like there. a sewing machine yeah. or something when I was younger. Was it, was there anyone in your family that like? pushed you towards sewing or was it something you just decided you were going to do yourself and went off no it was literally just one of these things that like i grew up on an island and i there was only 300 maybe i think there was about 280 people in my school Mm -hmm. so when you think about that there's some glasgow and scottish schools that have 280 people in their year high school school. for that it meant diversity was low ideas were low handsome people were low tolerance tolerance was low so ideas like sewing like i it never been a thing that like because i used to watch the sewing bee and things like that so it was kind of on my mind i was there and then it was only until like when i actually properly was in it and i was maybe doing it for like a year two years and my mum and dad kind of saw what i was making and, and also like i would turn my hand to anything mm-hmm. so i was like doing upholstery i was doing bits of curtains i was doing bits of bulbs. so my mum and dad they do um home renovations that's the thing that they do. Mm-hmm. So my mum loved it when she would be like, oh, could you like, could you cover this footstool? And I'd be like, yeah. Could you like, do, could you just fix, 
could you make those curtains longer? Could you do that? And I'd be like, yep. So when there was wee things like that, that then like that's when my family started to really be like, oh, cool, cool, cool. I think um, parents get worried. All they want to do is protect their children, and mm. I totally understand that. And there was definitely a few moments of like, Rocky why are you doing this? I remember my mom having a conversation with she's me. She's fierce. And she was like, what? But like, what is this? And is this sexual? Right. I remember, I remember having to be like, no, it's, and I, it was after like a year of college because I, t- and then I told my mum, mm-hmm. I also did Saturday drama classes. So there was a show I was doing at the end of the year that I knew mm-hmm. I was going to be in drag for, that she was going to see. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to have to tell her. I knew yeah. I was going to have to tell her. So we had to have this conversation and I remember her saying like, is it sexual? And I was talking through it and I was like, nope, mm-hmm. it is literally me playing a character. That's why I want to do dresses. That's why I went to college. And I think her, like, it opened her eyes up. And I remember us, I was like, would you like to see the drag I've got? And she was like, oh. oh I don't know if I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I, like, took her up to my, I took her up to the attic. Mm-hmm. And I remember her sitting on the bed. And, and literally, I just started pulling shit out of boxes and pulling shit under beds. I'd reveal, like, a rack. And then, like, it was, like, the fucking, I felt like Mary Poppins. And all, honest to God, all of it was, like, old lady drag. <laughs> it wasn't like some of the girls nowadays wear like a little thong and That's a the bra and they're you know. like That's they're like, like the... I'm serving that I was like I am serving rich lady yeah. in a fucking hospital watching her husband die <laughs> watching her rich husband rich older husband die though rich older husband die and she's counting the cash in his wallet who like, would not want their want their child to be that like that was the vibe <laughs> that was I've always had that vision for Chanel so when I like told my mother this and, t- and showed her this she was like oh okay slay she didn't say okay slay because that wasn't a she thing said, I want to borrow this I want to borrow like, that but have you, you know, made her anything I've made yeah I've made her stuff I've made her little dresses little things and even things like she's been like oh the funniest one was when she came into my room and she was like I need a purse what have you got <laughs> <laughs> That's so and I went I went what's the color and she went black I've got a black patent leather clutch or a black um, so funny. strappy and she was like I'll take the strap one when and you've got more than your mum's got oh it was funny drag. it was funny so that so, was that so was a good. moment of like oh, I loved it that's so, fab yeah that's really good little moments like that were dead nice mm-hmm. so yes it's nice when you can kind of do that like I started to do my mum's makeup for her, for her works night outs oh love that so when she used to go on the Christmas nights out and stuff I used to do her hair with a little she had a little Dyson thing going yeah, on yeah, just, yeah. but I used to sit and do her makeup and at first she would I remember the first time I did it she was like, I don't want drag makeup. And I was like... You've sat there, covered her brows, done a beard cover. I was been like, like oh. I can do makeup other than drag makeup, you know. And and she kind of decided she didn't want me to do it because she was unsure. Okay. Uh, but she was getting in the shower. And I was like, give me 20 minutes. I'll do half your face. And I'll show you what I can do in 20 minutes. Yep. And then if you don't like it, get in the shower, do your makeup yourself. Yep. I did half her face and she was like, oh my God, I'm getting in the shower now. She like got in the shower, took off what I did, came back out, and she was like, "I need you to do my makeup." And then I sat and did the face yeah. again, but took longer on it. And she yeah. was so happy with it, but I think she just didn't have that. She didn't know that someone who wasn't born a woman or someone who doesn't wear makeup every day, yeah, could do her face the way I could. Yep. I just think like I don't know. A lot of people are shocked. You get the the people coming up to you on a night, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't even do my makeup like that." We can tell, love. <laughs> so I mean, they're always yeah. so shocked. They're always so, and it's and it and I think like were you good at art school? Mm. Boom. Mm-hmm. I see it as painting, understanding for color, understanding for like how skin works. It's it's really as a fine art form, mm-hmm. and the more you do it, and the more that you, it's practice. It's practice. Do you sit? Have you sat doing makeup for like three, four hours, maybe like two, three times a week when your parents aren't in? No, no. You just you just put on the same face every day that that. That you do, which is fine, but the first time that I felt like I was actually doing makeup and getting better at it was when I wasn't scared to put more on. Of course. And it is, I also think, I used to do this, so I would do a face, take pictures, and then after I'd do the face, I would start adding. So I'd go, what if I did liner underneath? What if I tried to do yeah. maybe like a whole, like mm-hmm. all of it completely like a dark smoky eye, like what does this look like? Mm-hmm. What if I did dark more blush? What if I did a bigger lip? And just changed it around like that. And 98% of the time it didn't work, but a lot of the time you would walk away and you'd go, oh. I like that this I time. Like, yeah, let me try this the next time. Let me try and do it like this. Yeah. Angel so. always, la- you've met Angel. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. She always laughs at me because my eyebrows are always different every time she sees me. But the reason why that is, is because every single time I do drag, I try one thing different. Yeah. Because when I started doing that, my makeup was getting better. Mm-hmm. And then when you hit something that you like, that can stay and the next thing can change. Um, but everyday people don't do that. Yeah. So there's a reason why you're so good at sewing and making garments is because you sat there and you do it for hours and hours. Yeah. It's said that you have to put in 10,000 hours of work mm-hmm. to really truly achieve something mm-hmm. and to do and to master a skill. And darling, that is the thing with drag is like there is so many avenues that you need to master. Like see the fact that you can do hair. Mm-hmm. I cannot do hair. Well, I can do my own hair. I can't do wigs. Okay. I don't do wigs. But still, <laughs> your hair is always gorgeous. And I love when you do your buns and everything like that because it's just one of those things that I'm like, oh, my lady. Like, yeah, love it. Love, I'm growing my hair out now so that I can start doing mm-hmm. bits like that because I do think the summer Please, weather. I would love that. The summer weather and wigs is not fun. Oh, it's, it's so fun. fab for the summer having your hair up. Right, we'll move on because uh, we're only at the beginning of my notes. Ah! <laughs> this always happens. Just yeah, love yeah. a good gab. So I wanted to talk about how we know each other. My, my podcast is great for other people getting to know creatives and getting to know the, the people that I have interacted with but the reason why i have you here is because i I know who you are i like what you do thank Um, you it's not blowing smoke up your ass but i have a certain respect for people and i only have people on here that i actually enjoy what they do like and the fact that we sat here for like an hour already just like gabbing like two (laughs) fucking old housewives yeah (laughs) literally i'm Um, trying to think because i feel like i followed you for i think i think when i first moved here i must have seen you on a night out and i must have been mm -hmm. oh and someone's told me that's Poppy, and then I followed you. Uh huh. And I think that's that's it. And then the only... I've known about you for a while. Okay. But because you have a you have a bigger persona online. Yeah, my. I feel like your personality is very like you don't forget it in word travels and and yeah and whatnot. I will pat myself on the back there that the one of the reasons why I moved to Manchester is because. I do have a bit of a following in certain places mm. that I was like Manchester feels really good for me. It's a high volume of gay people here. High volume of gays that know me. I love that idea. Yeah. Let's go there. Yeah. And then I feel like I was on the first night I properly introduced him was like, hello, my name is Chanel. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. Poppy was the <laughs> cockatoo club and it was watching the, it was what drag idol. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. 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 I didn't actually remember that. Wow. Because I felt like I've the got first, such a fucking good memory. For my sure memory's shite. It's really, really, really bad. No, I do remember because I was outside. Yeah. Because I met you and I met your partner. You did. Yeah. 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 But the, I feel like because it, it because we had more time to interact, my first, like, proper time was when we did Liverpool. I was yeah. lost together. Well, that was the only... Like, I feel like when you're out in public, there's a certain, like, you feel too guilty, you feel like you're taking another time, or yeah. you feel like you're you're approaching. So, like, having that, like, back and forward, like, oh, my God, you enjoying my talk? Yeah. It's small talk. Whereas, yeah, I completely agree that Liverpool was a... We did Albert Schloss, Liverpool, uh-huh. and... As you were saying, like yeah, no, it was a fabulous time. It was so fab, but it was nice to like because I I f- I hadn't seen you perform before. I'd seen little like mm-hmm. clips online, but I, I I don't like to judge people on the online content because it's very very easy to kind of like AI all of that. You know, you can do all that shit. Yeah. You can put someone else's face on your face if you wanted to. Um, but I knew you were going to be a good host, and oh. also it, it was fucking fab. I feel like oh. you just you know what you're doing, yeah. and I, what I wanted to talk about really because we've spoken a little bit before about this is where you saw yourself fitting into the scene mm-hmm. down i have to say down here down you. here yeah um, because what did you do in, in scotland did you just host or did you perform as well did you do any door whoring to begin with because hosting seems like it comes completely natural to you yeah um it's i have to say scotland and the scottish drag scene is very different to manchester mm-hmm. straight up you there is a gorgeous big border and not many people cross the border and if you do, Adrian's it's, wall. What? Adrian's, Adrian's wall. wall. Is, yeah. that the, is that the border? But the new one was erected Chanel's wall. Don't worry. <laughs> you get a free pass if you ever go. But it's one of those places that like, so every Scottish queen who's well known and well popular will work in the three cities. So you will work in Glasgow, Dundee, and you will work in Edinburgh. Okay. It's very similar of us going, like, you'd work in Liverpool, you'd work in Manchester, you'd work in Leeds. Okay. Like, it's that same sort of distance. And is it like a monopoly? Kind of. There's people who own certain districts. There's people who who will be in certain clubs. And back in the day, so 
I I will say this, and a lot of people will agree with me with this. I'm the Diana of Scottish drag. I'm the Princess Diana of Scottish drag. I am love. I see that for you, though. I am like adored, and I was and also very going lucky. out in style and going out in style. Being like, bye bye. The Royal Wave. Royal see you wave. later. I'm going to Manchester. See you Thank soon. You. Um, I worked like through all the cities, meaning. I got to do a lot of shows, meaning I got a lot of experience. So I'd been doing shows for around about like three years before I moved to Manchester, three, four years of doing mm-hmm. shows. And at one point I hosted my own show for like a full solid year. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that was hosting. And then from that show, I would then be doing a lot of like covers for, so once you, once people know that you're a good host, mm-hmm. they will go, oh, well, I'm going to Ben Dorm. Could you cover my show? Like a swing. Yeah, it was one of those things. We don't do door whores. You don't get that. You don't get people being outside being like, come to the show, to tickets. Um, Good. Which is, I think, the it's best cold thing. Up there. Because so no it's fucking freezing. And anytime I was outside, you best believe a fur coat would be cresting my shoulders yes. because it is cold. Yeah. And the other thing as well with Scotland is the money for shows that you do, it's sometimes back in the day before COVID, it was bad. It was very, very bad. Mm-hmm. You would sometimes do a show for £15 and that would be it. Like, wouldn't pay for the look, wouldn't pay for the makeup. And for me, I would try and make a new look for every show I did. Yeah. So minimum, like, be, walking away with £15, you would be like, you would be so begrudgingly like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I found more on the floor. <laughs> I've snorted more on the floor. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's like, what the fuck? But now... I use a higher note to snort. Yeah. <laughs> It, and now it's in a much better place where, like, uh-huh. you do get a little bit more money for what you do. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, with where I am and, and the level that I bring to a show, I would... There's there's shows that I don't do because I know that the money isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad to be able to say that. I will say that, that you need to know your self-worth and you need to be able to say no to certain things. When you go, I'm sorry, that fee is not good enough. Um, thank you so much for, for having me. If you would up the, uh, If you're going to up the fee in the future, let me know. Yeah absolutely so that's one of the things that i i would say was a surprise when coming down here is how often the bookings are at that fee uh-huh. where it's the three figure yeah and they're always the three figure uh-huh. at least at least because there's been so many shows i've done in scotland past covid that you walk away and you're like oh 60 pounds okay uh-huh. but also you're having to get a mega bus that's 20 pounds and and then you're getting like you have to also like i'm a big advocate for eating and drag i love a meal and drag yeah so i'm a, I'm a yeah. girl who enjoys her finer taste in life uh-huh. so i will go to mcdonald's after a gig yeah and i include that in the booking i'm there like well i'm, I'm gonna have to get food i'm gonna have to get food so uh-huh. like for me to make it worth it i need to at least be walking away from like i can more see, than like, a meal deal you want at least 20 pounds an hour for what you do we we worked out we worked out once ages ago and we said that like for you putting in the time of like the outfit the makeup the hair the rehearsal time, the amount of time it takes you to confirm the booking, the amount of travel time, your taxi, mm-hmm. the actual performance time, and then the time for you to like rehearse, make the mix, all that shit. Minimum, it is £140 mm-hmm. for you to at least get into drag. That's exactly it. I've spoken to so many people about this. And I think it is something that we should... Instill. Instill. In and I know people who actually undersell. I know people who have Do approached you know why, gigs. though? Because they're desperate for There's gigs. a group of people that undersell themselves to undercut other queens yeah. and the bars don't care because yeah they're not as good as the other people but they're good enough they're, they're, they're like enough it's a drag queen it's standing on stage it'll do something that's fine and it's 40 quid less than the other one yeah yeah and that is the sad reality because they don't respect themselves no but we won't name names because that's names. not what we're here for no <laughs> but no self-respect but also and knowing your worth yeah and it's it's not just being there and doing the number it's the experience how many hours have you done it for before like every year you do drag realistically you should up your fee you should up your fee and any creative profession whether you are a dressmaker whether you are a hairstylist especially with what's going on right now with um the living crisis and the writer's strike and the writer's strike because i know everybody who writes my jokes (laughs) at home they are (laughs) begrudgingly not giving me any new material very annoying but um we need upper fees we need to be a minimum and mm-hmm. really good minimum to mm-hmm. be able to do stuff yeah and i think it is good i think like 
I think it's really good in Manchester. I think yep. mainly the, the recently the fees have seemed to gone up like a yep. slight bit and it seems to be sitting at a really nice place. So that's really yeah. good. Because um, it's, it's, it is hard. What we mm. do takes years of craft, years of practice. And if you want to be considered to be someone who's good, it does require years of practice and years of doing it. It does. You can't sadly just... Sat- you're very lucky if you can... I know quite a few queens in Scotland who've been doing drag. One of my good friends, Sissy Scorpio, she's literally been doing drag for a year and a half and she's at a position now where she can do drag full-time and it pays. Mm-hmm. And that is because she's worked her cotton socks off. Yeah. And it is about that. It's really about if you do it, if you put in the effort and you really put the feelers and do it, then you will succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I want a quick note on that. Go for it. That time doesn't necessarily mean improvement. Because I also agree with that. Yeah. Because some people work really, really, really hard and they progress really really quickly in a short period of time. And some people, like, stagnate and don't move with yeah. it. They get very comfortable. Comfortable. Yes. To quote I Beyonce, it... comfortable in my skin. I don't know the rest of the words, but yeah. Um, but it is that. They get... Evolving with the times. Uh-huh. It's so I, important as well. And I think it is about improving your craft and keeping going. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt a complete shift when i moved to manchester yeah i think when i moved here so back in the day i was i felt very like secure in myself in scotland and i always knew if i turn up to a show my makeup was good my hair was right and you know what i made the outfit 15 minutes before i before i got into face but like i still look cunt anyway yeah i remember on my first night out in manchester i was i'd been out as a boy quite a few times so i'd seen who was around and i knew the caliber that was the out. Feelers out i put the feelers out I took three and a half hours to get ready because I was petrified. Oh my God. I was petrified. I can't imagine that for you at all. But like I usually, like nowadays my standard painting time is two and a half. Okay. But back in the day I used to paint in 45 minutes to an hour and a half and feel comfortable and yep. feel fine. Whereas I know now if I paint... You're better than comfortable. But that's it. You need to be better than comfortable. Yeah. And moving to Manchester proved to me that like comfortable is not where you want to be in life. You mm. really want to be like, I'm pushing it. I'm mm. doing it. And you can do that as well. Yep. Like some of the drag that I've seen from you, I can't imagine it doesn't look like you don't put any effort in. From what I've seen, especially you since so you've much. moved here, I'm like, I don't see you not putting any effort in. Yeah. So for you to not do that, it would be kind of like a disservice to yourself. Because yeah. you are really good. It's There's been so many times that like I've, if a gig has ran over or like if I've run over with like the gig we did in Liverpool, I got ready on the train because I was working. She still look cunt though. And, but I, but in my in my opinion, I was like, oh, I don't feel like oh, the one. But I still did it and felt good and was like, yeah. let's do it. But you just you just need time. And sometimes with mm. gigs, you're not given time. If you've got the time and the there's no there's no excuse, do it. Then there is no excuse. There is no excuse. Yeah. I think, I, yeah. 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 Is that vibe? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But to go back to the original question, you said. Where did I see myself in Manchester? <laughs> that was my original that question. Was original I was question. like, where's she going? I can't remember the original <laughs> question. Go on. Um, I did not see myself kind of with the friends that I'm with now and in the position where I am. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because sometimes when you first go somewhere, it's very, I will say this, moving somewhere where you know minimum people is very scary. It's very nervous, very daunting. Yeah. Because you're kind of having to let people be introduced to you. And figure out also who you can... This sounds bad. Who you can trust. Who you can really put your heart in your sleeve out mm-hmm. and who you can speak to. And I remember being on a couple nights out and I would be hanging around with people and it would be very like, oh my God. what I'm like, I just I just really didn't vibe with these people. And Especially I immediate regret. So immediate, it's like, oh my God, I've moved. And like, I really regret it. And, I really, and it took me like a, like two months to kind of find a couple people that I was like, hold yeah. up. You guys are really funny. Mm-hmm you guys really care about exquisite, gorgeous drag. And Mm -hmm. then I found the girlies that I was like, oh. And then from there, I got really comfortable and was like, start to spend more time in Mm -hmm. the drag scene. And then found these like people like Villain Banksy, Mm -hmm. who I knew of before, but I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable enough to be close to them. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's really scary as well, because I feel, because the industry that we work in, everyone has a persona and everyone has like an image. And it is quite scary thing i remember <laughs> so funny i don't know if i'll bleep this out or not okay. but i remember when i moved here moved here and then i moved here after and they used to trot around in a big group and yeah. it's so intimidating and i remember coming up to me and like we were chatting away 
And I was like, do you know how intimidating your friends are? Like, I've never met you in drag before. And she's like, why didn't you come over? And I was like, you are so scary. But when you get to know each individual person, each individual one, some of them are rotted, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> Let's cut this out, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I agree with you because yeah. they were one of the groups that I, when I came down here, I literally was like, I don't know if I can trust you. Mm. I don't know if I can tell you how I'm feeling on the inside. I don't know if I can, like, because I, I had a lot of dysmorphia when I was going out mm. at the start of the year. When, mm. I, when I moved here, I was like, I just don't know, like, how, because these girls were going out in drag every single weekend and I was there as a boy and I felt so, like, pushed to the side and I felt so, and that's what taught me, like, you kind of have to go out and drag to get attention. Yeah. And it's that horrible thing where you're like, you don't feel valid as a boy at all. Yeah. So that group, literally all of them, like, being very dismissal of me and, like, oh, and, and there was a there was a situation where I, I completely just left the night and I was, like, I'm totally... And I cried on the way home because I was, like... But that's self-awareness. I just don't know what the fuck I'm doing with these people. But I will say, is one of these people that I feel very close with because... So kind. She's so kind because I, I spent time with her making mm -hmm. her things for bits and bobs. It's those things that I was I felt a connection with her because I got to get with her by herself and we chatted for ages. and That's exactly it. I much prefer what seems on the outside. Yes, although you do get your bad eggs, what seems on the outside can be so scary and intimidating. When you get people and you speak to them and you break them away from the big groups and you break them away from... The, the alcohol the, and the drugs and you're speaking in a sober environment. Uh -huh. Even it being... In, like, I love being in your flat. It's at that fact we're sitting here just chilling. Uh -huh. That was it with these people that I was seeing them outside of places. Like, I went to dinner with Sarah and Ellis. I remember going for dinner with Sarah and Ellis for the first time and I was shitting my pants. It was me and Ellie. Them. Absolutely scary and terrifying, but out of drag. Really, really nice. And that's it. It's until you get to speak to these people one-on-one -on -one and take your time with them, mm -hmm. that then you get to, like, really connect with them. Because I feel, as you said, we, we all have a persona. We all, like... You can't expect someone to break that, because it might be their shield. They might need it. Mm -hmm. so you can't expect people to break down in drag, because they've just spent three hours building themselves up. Oh, my God. You're totally right. <laughs> you're totally right. <laughs> can't blame them. Some of them are cunts, yeah. And they're cunts out of drag as well. But, like... I'm not saying that. I want to like go on nights out and have like emotional conversations with everyone and be like I'm a survivor of gonorrhea <laughs> and it's just really hard but just some realness would be nice some realness sometimes is nice yeah. and, I, and I feel like I found those people who you can have realness with and you can have a nice back and forth with uh -huh. and you were saying that you went to dinner with Ellis and Saya yeah so and... what happened was back in the day I got ready for three hours three and a half hours went on this nuptial first Chanel O'Connor night out on the town got to the village at like one in the morning my mm. flatmate and everyone had already been out partying for like an hour so I got there and was literally like I turned up I looked fucking gorgeous I felt amazing had a little gorgeous little outfit on party the night away and I remember getting a cruise and bumping into Sarah and Ellis and I remember, I'd met Ellis before but she mm. had not she's not going to remember because it was last year at Pride and I was like big fan you look gorgeous oh my god da, da, da. Yeah. met her again and she went you're the funny bitch who does the captions that was the first thing she said to me. You're Chanel. You're the funny bitch who does the captions. And then she went, we were just, and then next thing you know, an hour later, we're all in the booth chatting away, all that kind of stuff. She's like, do you want to go for dinner on Thursday? Do you want to go for dinner? Oh, who does that? That's so kind. And I was like, I don't, I, 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 and I got so nervous. And it was actually, it was me, Ellie, Sire, Ellis, Ellie Diamond. And it was me and Ellie. Me and Ellie have known each other for like years. New York mm -hmm. before Drag Race. Helped her with Drag Race. And we went for dinner and I remember being so nervous and being like, okay, these people have like hundreds of thousands of followers. Mm -hmm. They have been involved in so many amazing things. And I was like, you are Chanel O'Connor. You also are an amazing, amazing, amazing person as well. And you can say, and you're, you're funny, you can do shit and you can have yeah. an amazing time. And we went, we had dinner and it was so cool to be able to be like real with people. And we had like nice conversations, chatted about drag, chatted about our experiences. And then I think those girls before I met them were quite nervous to do things and like, ooh, Mm -hmm. and me and Ellie were walking home and we went do you want to go on the lime scooters and they went oh well we, we've never been on the lime the lime scooters <laughs> we've never we wouldn't know how to do we wouldn't know how to do it and we went oh shut the fuck up let's go on the lime scooters uh -huh. and we went on the lime scooters and ever since that moment they were like obsessed with lime scooters and then that's how me and Sarah started speaking because she would send me pictures of her on a lime scooter being oh like God. being like Chanel my life is completely like <laughs> It's changed. It's new from being on a fucking lime scooter. But this is it. Like, you had something that they didn't have. Yeah. But you were so nervous to, to come and engage and, like, put yourself out there. When, on the other side, they're just thinking the same thing. Totally. They, they like, were just nervous. They were like, oh. Yeah. I so you know. brought some, like, you thought you were going there and it was, 
I don't know, like some kind of, I don't know, make a wish or something. Yeah. <laughs> but like you have something to, you have so much to, sorry. <laughs> no, it's funny because it's true. Because I was like, why situation. am I here? This is so weird. I'd be in that imposter syndrome totally. situation. Totally, totally, totally. We all have something to bring. Yeah. So like no one should ever feel like someone is above them or like they, I, I don't know, you're not deserving of being somewhere just because someone has this or has that. Because every fucker has something to bring to the table. Absolutely. And you have a lot to bring to the table. So I think there's a rule with drag queens that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, we are queer priests. We are uh-huh. queer pioneers. We are queer yeah. gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. So every single person that we interact with we literally need to be like treat the same thank you so much yeah treat them the same i make this rule if i walk into a venue and there are other performers in that venue i will go around and introduce myself to every single one of them if i see another drag queen on the street i will go oh you look fabulous tonight baby love your shoes even if she's not wearing shoes love your shoes (laughs) 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 that's the energy Ah, you need that's like do you know what that like that makes someone's day as well and not not everyone does that like If even if you go into a venue with no negativity, if you're in drag and you go in somewhere and there's a drag queen there, the drag queen on stage is going to be thinking. If you do anything other than go and say hi to them, they're going to be thinking negative things. Yeah, they're going to be thinking, "Oh, she's a bitch. Why didn't she come say hi?" And I, I also say this: if you are in a venue and you are not paying attention to the drag queen on the stage, <sighs> and you are started. a drag queen yourself, don't get me started. In, like immediate bullet, and I make a rule. And I've said it to so many of my girlies, if we are at New Union, or if we are, we don't exclusively go to New watch. Union, but if we are at a drag show, especially if I'm in drag, <sighs> I will be watching the performer and you cannot speak to me. Uh-huh. We cannot be disrespectful. We cannot be look like we're chatting, like, because I've been there before where I've seen people whispering and I've seen people pointing and you just are immediately like, you're a cunt. And that's not what you I've want. I've stolen people's phones. Yep. I've called people out on stage. You watch me call someone out on stage. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's completely the correct thing to do. You tap them on the shoulder, you fucking point at them, you do whatever you need to do to make them realise that what Especially they've done is disrespectful. Especially if you perform absolutely, yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Even like when we went to DragCon, I remember being in rooms where there was people like Sasha Colby, Bianca Del Rio, yeah. all these people. Mm-hmm. And there's another rule with them. We all put on a wig the same way. We all put lashes on the same way. We all put on our shoes one at a time. Yeah. So we can, you, because you are Bianca Del Rio, you're no better than me. Yeah. And and all these people there know better than me. Yeah. And I am I am allowed to go and say hello yeah. in a professional manner. Yeah. And I did that with people. Good. And I remember being like, just treat them, just literally treat them like anyone else. But treat that's like exactly anyone. that is exactly what you should have been telling yourself when you were going into that dinner. Boom. And I didn't. With and the I two didn't. of them. I, was, no, I, th- I think everything you've just said, like, it's a, a really, really professional and well-grounded way of dealing with things. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think you'll do really, really well here. And why Thank you. ver- you'll very quickly become a staple because that kind of energy and that professionalism sticks and people respect it. It's not something you need to go screaming about and telling everyone, like, I'm the most professional person ever. I'm this, I'm that. No. But, like, you just, you know what you're getting and there's no bullshit and... I just think that's a really good way to be. And I think with so many queens nowadays that are popping up and up in the I scene know. and doing things. Pandemic. Um, and they will go... <laughs> Wait, weren't you a pandemic queen? Would you... I started before the pandemic. Okay, so you were. Only like four months before. Okay, well done. Even so. Even so. I had, one of the I had performed and been paid before. <gasps> oh, good. As lo- <laughs> that's the rules. That's the rules. As long as check and balance was received. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's one of those things when you scream and shout when you're new and you go, why am I not getting booked? Or why or how? Do- why don't these people respect me? Because you're walking in with an attitude. It's because you're walking in expecting people to like mm-hmm. give you something. Mm-hmm. When in fact you need to be really how's it going? Oh my god, you were fabulous tonight. Stunning. What's your Instagram? Yeah. Get them on Instagram. Do you know what's so fab about your <laughs> it's so funny? Because you have this attitude, the, the average Joe wouldn't expect to get that from the juxtaposition of your drag character. Oh my god, one hundred percent. Which is so funny. It's, it's so, so funny. funny to me. I'd so, be obsessed if I was you. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> the the big thing with me is I write I wanna say complete monologues. Yeah. I have this. This is why I called her an Australian housewife at the beginning because Austrian, not Australian. Oh, sorry, Austrian. Do apologise. Australian. Australian. O'Connor. I do have a condo out in Australia, but (laughs) but this um, is how I actually first knew about you is was from your captions. Yeah. Like I can't remember how long how long ago it was now, but. But it is it is that thing. So what happened was I'm a big fan of like character drag. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite drag queens, R.I.P. was Dame Edna. Mm-hmm. and Lily Savage these people who had real backstory 
uh-huh. and real like character arc beautiful moments that made me want to go why am I dressing the way I'm dressing what's the event where am I going who have I pissed off mm-hmm. what's the story like, Mara Dubois Mara Dubois and she does a little when she's like she's in Spain she's like I'm in Spain darling yep all of that <laughs> you in like 50 years I can't wait can't wait that's why I started doing these big captions where I would just completely write absolute trollops of shite but it was funny and it was entertaining for people and that was the thing that made me a cut above the rest and different because people would just do like no offence if you do it a little emoji and be like girls night out princess in purple whereas I would be like the real reason why I wear purple is in 1948 (laughs) I was elected prime minister of the Czech Republic for a laugh for a dare like and go into this big thing and I've had so many people come up to me like Ellis, like London Queens and go, oh my God, Chanel, you do the captions. You are so funny. And I tell you, my nipples are erect when someone <laughs> says that to me because it just means I'm doing a good job. You've got a direction. You've got, got a direction. You've got, you've got an objective. You've got a, a, what's the word I'm looking for, the phrase? Point of view. Uh-huh. People know, they remember. It's so, so clever and so, so simple. Thank but you so much. It's just, it, it works. And and that is the thing there. It's finding your like little point of view and finding your niche and going like, oh, let's rock it. Uh-huh. And it's so funny because people have tried to do the captions and it's, and I've, I remember the this replica- one girl. The replicators. Replicators. I remember this one girl who was like, I'm going to write a caption, but like, I'm just, it's just going to be like a little thing, but like, it'll just like, could you just help me out with it? And I remember being like, I knew her. And she was, she was good. She's good fun. I'm not going to say her name. And I was like. <laughs> you know, I'll leave it in. And I was like. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. On you go. Give it a go. And she wrote the caption. I remember being like, and I said to my flatmate, I was like, well, why did she talk about this? Because if she talked about this, she really should have brought it back to here and then da da And gave her, and I really wanted to give her critiques. She never did it C again. minus. <laughs> <laughs> Failed. Literally. Come back on Saturday for extracurricular activities. This is it when it's not real and it's not, it's not. That comes from your character and it comes from your point of view. There's a reason behind it. When someone's just doing it and it's not genuine is the word I'm looking for. It, it reads... Yeah. If they're just trying to pull like, oh, well, I, um, this was said on SNL, so like I'll just steal this. Whereas yeah. genuine, I sit there and I will write, just something will come to mind and I will maybe go like, oh, um, I remember being on holiday and I was taken around with a baboon on holiday and it turns out um, my mother hired a baboon because she didn't want to be seen with me. Like that will be the start. And then I will write a little bit from there about mm. the holiday and then my mother. And then I'll chop it and I'll change out the mother and say, oh, I don't have a mother. I was raised by baboons. And then it changes. and then it, So it's it's a constantly evolving process. Uh-huh. And I think like it's very much like how I treat dressmaking is it's never, I, I have a vision, but it will never be the final vision. There will be alterations and changes and things will always move. Yeah. And I'd say I sculpt the words and I sculpt the story. It's never like a clean, like I know exactly what I'm going to write. Because mm-hmm. also I want to shout out to my flatmate, Niall, who, because I'm dyslexic, I will sometimes, it's such a killer. It's so horrid. Because I used to write these big monologues and it would be like... Chanel's not dyslexic. Chanel's not dyslexic. Chanel doesn't need to read. She has people who does it for her. Mm-hmm. So, baby... It's giving it Leah Michelle. It's Leah Michelle. <laughs> I can't read. It's fine. I'm also just as horrible as Leah Michelle. So don't worry, girls. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> I get Niall to like go over a spell check and just check that it make, phonetically it makes all sense and everything like that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll put in random words and sometimes I'll be like, right, plant pop. And he'll be like, why have you put that there? And I'll be like, oh, sorry, I just started writing. I just forgot. Oh, because then I think of something. I think it'll come back to me. Or sometimes I'll put like, I'll put in caption boxes and be like, make this cleaner. Because a lot of the time I will over explain and over. Also, Instagram only allows you something like 250 words. Yeah, I don't know how you fit all that in. Baby, there's been multiple times where I will put it in, write it on a notes word, notes type of thing. And then you I will... tell me you go into the comments to finish it off? No, no, I will never. It has to be the 100% in the caption box. Okay. So what I will generally have to do is, it's in the notes thing, I will then copy and paste, paste it in, and if it says caption too long, I go back and I delete. I sit the renial and we have to go right, take out the baboon I bit, love that it's take like out a the... combined effort. That's it's, so funny. It's horrid, but it has to be because I want this to be perfect and I want it to be like... And this is the other thing with draggers, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Yep. If you struggle with wigs, why do you think I'm friends with a, one of the best wig makers in the UK? Yep. If you struggle with makeup, why do you think I love to hang around with Alice? Yeah. It's not the only reason, but it's no, also very, not. it's it's one of the reasons why I've connected with these girls. Uh, is, you could say the same thing about dressmaking. Yeah. The other way. Why have they Everyone been friends with me? Everyone has something to bring to the table. Everyone has friends. Because I will say this in Scotland, a lot of people would just come to me for dresses. Mm-hmm. I never found myself going to a lot of people for other things. Mm-hmm. If I went for wigs, it would be Girl in Dundee or Ellie. 
that would be the two people I did works with or maybe a girl in Glasgow mm-hmm. and that was it but it was very f- far and few between her and with makeup I just was like ah I'll figure it out myself yeah whereas I'm actively seeking out advice because I want to improve mm-hmm. and I think no one should ever be afraid of doing that absolutely whatever stage you're at be how do you stop how do you stop the eyebrows doing this or how do you stop why do how do i look more like this yeah how color wise i'm scared to use a red what the fuck then they will tell you yeah because they they'll feel good that you've asked them Uh uh-huh and then you'll look better for it and then you'll feel better so like where's the negative where's the negative Where's the negative? It's all about improvement. And I think as queer people, as artistic people, as people... In general. Just ask. Yeah. Just ask. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that leads me perfectly on. You said, obviously, that you have made dresses for other people. It's a little segue. Yes. Into what you've done so far. So, the obviously... List. The list, indeed. I thought it'd be funny you mentioned it earlier. I thought it'd be funny to mention Creative Electric. <laughs> as oh, the start okay she's done research she's done her research so you mentioned you did like theater and that's yeah. where that started i feel like i'm on the fucking news love this is great so you're I'll, really doing recent creative let me electric just, let okay me just go finish just okay. so you know where it's going i feel like if i yeah. give you a start and a finish so you mentioned earlier that your mom came to watch a production yeah and that was part of creative electric right yeah and you've done loads and loads of stuff since and now you're here in manchester mm. i want you to talk about obviously the first early stuff what your influences were and kind of how your drag performance has changed from then until now and also what your favorite gig has been go so creative electric was one of the places where i really got my my start Mm -hmm. and to where it was i found a place that it was okay to play around with gender it was okay to play around with your persona and your character and who what you want to portray so years ago i attended the royal conservatory of scotland which is one of the best acting schools one of the top five best acting academy universities in the world don't worry everybody it was a saturday class and i paid for it myself (laughs) so everyone calm down Everyone calmed down. I didn't have to she audition. Was the best of the best. I was the best of the best, and my credit didn't bounce. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was where I met one of the director of Creative Electric, Heather Marshall, and I will uh-huh. always count her as kind of my drag mother. Basically, what happened was on it was the Saturday. It was one. It was like the last Saturday of our term, the term of Easter. And mm-hmm. the next term, we come in and we do our, we, we start putting together our show. So for this term, we just fanning about and we're doing whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was the last Saturday and she said, right, we're going to do a murder mystery. And for the murder mystery, you can come in as anybody you want, any character, any vibe, any whatever. And this was before I'd done drag. I was still at school. So this was technically the first time I did drag. Uh-huh. Because what happened was I went, okay, Slay, I'm going to come in and drag. And I'm just going to be like, did you tell anyone? whatever. I didn't. So I didn't have any outfits. I went to New Look day before and got a pair, didn't know how I found out, a pair of size nine, little shoes, little black suede court shoes. And I then found a nun's costume in my mum's dressing up box. Oh my God. From various like Hindus and whatever. Yeah. And I went to Poundland and picked up whatever makeup bits I thought I needed and was like, okay, Slay, let's just put this together. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Vita-Jones, more like. It was awful. Black black stockings and then my nun outfit and I went out and and we did this murder mystery and I was the the nun and I was like, my name was like, I think it was like, I think I just was like a nun of your business or something like that. Oh, that's so I think that was my name, I don't know. But it developed my like love for just playing Mm -hmm. characters and playing different roles. I'm also heavily inspired by humour from like American Dad and Family Guy. Okay. So, I know it's a bit weird but like I love Roger the Alien because he's a prime example of someone who completely changed character. Yeah. And that is one of the things I love with Chanel is, see, when you speak to me, back, it's a little bit more fluid now, but back in the day when yeah. you spoke to me, you would have to address me as Connor. If you were addressing me as Chanel, Connor's my out of drag name, Chanel's my in drag name, and I'm a mm-hmm. lot more like fluid now about it. Back mm-hmm. in the day, if you took a picture of me out of drag and you tagged me as Chanel, I'm not reposting that. If you took a picture of me in drag and you post me as Connor, I'm not reposting that. Like, I was so like, the illusion cannot be dropped. Oh my God. And then like, if you go back to Creative Electric Pictures, there's pictures of me in like drag face with no wig because I didn't really understand wigs back then. Uh So I would be doing performances with a hairy chest in a little like 80s sequin dress, like living my life, doing my thing. And a lot of that was storytelling aspects. Mm -hmm. It was verbatim theater. So verbatim theater is all about real life experiences. So the idea of like Chanel, the character didn't necessarily work a lot with the things we wanted to do. Okay. But 
the stories of Connor and growing up queer and being from an island and going through a lot, my discovery of who I was as an individual and all these kind of things was perfect storytelling materials for Creative Electric and for yeah. my experiences in drag. But as I've came into the creation of Chanel and everything like that, any events I've done with Creative Electric, because I'm still in contact with them, still work with them, mm-hmm. they've booked me as Chanel because they know that's what they're getting. Yeah. They're like, right, we're bringing in the big guns. It's Chanel. She's doing a bingo. We want you to do Chanel. You're just hosting. You're doing a bit of fanny around, all Sick. that kind of stuff. And then I'll do like a Q&A after and speak to young queer people about the experiences and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things I don't really talk about a lot. Um, How's that going drag. back? Like, it's a it weird... must be weird because it was, it was kind of like, I hope you don't mind me saying, but in the beginning, it wasn't kind of established or kind of, you didn't know where it was going. Yeah. And going back with this fully formed idea of who Chanel is. Totally. What's it's, that like? It's weird. It's so weird because I look at things. I did a, like, I've done, I've done quite a weird amount of things. Like, mm. I was featured on a BBC social and it was on all the BBC social platforms. It's like a, it's a thing in was Scotland. It a festival in Edinburgh. And I did a, I did the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh. To, I did a, I did a big BBC social performance that was with, the cast was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. me, Lawrence Cheney before Drag Race. Uh-huh. Lawrence Cheney, Ellie Diamond, Miss Peaches, a girl called Alice Rabbit, and me. We were the five like powerhouses of Scotland performing for the Fringe, for the BBC. And I've done better gigs now, but it was one of the best gigs I've ever done in my life because I've just felt like an absolute princess on it. And then from there, I got to do an interview with the BBC where I talked about growing up on an island as a queer person who does drag Mm -hmm. that now I go back to. And that video I did talking about being queer and being from an island. Every year, Pride Time, they show it in the school. Oh... So they're like, this is someone who lived on the island, was queer, now lives their life and now does their thing. And I go back to the island and people like, I'm no longer afraid. I used to like dress a wee bit different or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe I went back the last time I had a little dress on, I had a little whatever, mm-hmm. had my hair slicked back, cap on, big earrings in, fucking nails painted, whatever. I didn't care. And they're waving the flags. Waving the flags, whatever. And you're in the revenge dress. Oh, all of that. To go full circle back round. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's such a weird thing. I used to be very, like, embarrassed. And now I have no embarrassment at all. No. And you shouldn't be embarrassed. And that's that lovely thing about drag that I feel like the longer you do it, the, the more the lines get blurred. Yeah. Like, visually, not for everyone. No. But the confidence and the, the kind of things that... Obviously, some things cross over. Like, no, I don't really like going out yeah. without drag. Yeah. Because I feel a type of way. But... I find that in situations where I may have not been as confident or I may have felt a type of way, kind of the drag drip feeds into it. And now I'm like, I have this weird, like unstoppable confidence that kind of maybe I should not have. But it's fed through drag. It's such a like mind fuck. Mm. It's it's gender dysphoric. It's body dysmorphic. It's like... Personality dysphoric. dysphoric. I'll be in the shop and I'm like, I'm doing something and I've got this attitude. Not like, I'm not nasty to people. Uh, but I'll have like an actual. Do you flick your hair? Do you do back. like a? Yeah. And then, and then I'll be like, wait. <laughs> wait, I'm not a good. You're, 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 yeah. 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 It's that. Oh, that's no. Is, but I do that. Great, I'll but... like. I'll like. I'll pretend I'm rushing my fingers through my hair, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'll yeah. sit there pretend I'm having a cigarette as I was earlier. <laughs> that's exactly it. I don't smoke. You just sat there oh. smoking. It. I don't smoke. <laughs> She's smoking do a that. coffee stick. I, I have a lip balm, but the only lip balms I like are ones that are like lipstick, and I will always have it. In, and I now carry I a clutch. that was like a sonic lipstick, and I was about to die. That no. would have been fab. Um, sadly not. That's in the other purse. But <laughs> with this, like, I always carry a purse. I always carry a clutch. Mm-hmm. And see if I go out the house and I just have my wallet, I feel naked. Uh, I'm like, not oh, it's awful. So that's another thing as well. Anyway, I feel like when you move to big cities, you must have felt it when you moved from yeah. Leicester... Oh, I went to uni in Leicester. Okay. I grew up in the Royal Navy. <laughs> All right. Advert campaign for the Royal Navy. I grew up be- between here and Liverpool. But yeah. Oh my God, so you did. Definitely, like, when I go back, I don't really like it because it's not the vibe. I feel like if I didn't go back during COVID, I would feel completely different about it because I did a lot of growing during COVID. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people, a lot of queer people leave and do all the growing elsewhere. I did quite a bit of it when I was at home. So I still have a little bit of nice feelings and kind of a bit weird, but yeah. How long were you at home for during that time? I was at home for 14 months and then I'd met Sam in that time right. in the gaps because there was little breaks in the lockdown. Yeah. We were just dating at the time and we, I was going back and forward like every three, Where was he we- in- three weeks. He was here. Okay. So I was coming back and forward every three weeks for about five days at a time and staying yeah. like for five days, which is quite intense for like when you just start dating That's a someone. Lot. 
yeah that is a lot. a lot but the three weeks off and the five days on kind of made up for it but i just wanted to be here and then the job came up in which at the time i was like oh my god a drag job oh my god a drag job in literally i was like a full-time drag job so then i was like mom i'm moving so then i just left i decided that i was gonna I found out about the job in april and then i started looking for flats i found out that i got the job while i was here with sam wow. and we both got the job which was great okay and then i found a flat and within two weeks later i got it and i moved i was like i'm gone just like i was that. like see you later and i haven't moved back since wow i've been here since but i saved up all this money from covid because i couldn't spend anything i was living at home yeah so i saved up all this money i was like if i go through all of it so fuck like no i was the same covid i had to move home our flat in Edinburgh, me and Al shared a flat and it flooded. <gasps> no, yeah, during COVID? during COVID. Oh my God. So it was in the August, Scotland had a really, really bad storm mm-hmm. and our flat was ground floor and it flooded and Niall was away on holiday. So he was in France living with his parents and I was, oh. and I, for that time was like, I'm going to go home while well, you're home. I'm just going to go home as well. Like, why not? Fuck it. He gets a phone call from... He's like on like a beach in like the south of France, like chilling where his parents live. Northern France, sorry. Mm-hmm. And it's the police and they go, hey, we need to break into your house because there's literally water gushing out, gush- like gushing out. And it was three feet of water. The pipe had backed up in the toilet and it had came through at pressure mains, mains pressure, mains pressure. So oh it meant that, like, Lord. it had blown a hole through the, the toilet up and through it. So the toilet went through the door. And then it had flooded the whole flat. But because we weren't there, we didn't know. It was just keeping on going. It just kept on going. going, going. <sighs> so, like, see if... This is the thing. If one of us was there and we knew it happened, then it would have been fine. Turn, turn off the water pressure. Turn off the water. Turn off the water. couple towels. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, and, and done it. But because it was... Do you yeah, know how long it was damaged, for? It was a couple days. It took oh two days. Oh, my God. Two days are just like... She's watering the plants. Water. She's overcompensated. Watering the plants, watering the fridge, watering the TV. Did you yeah. have the cat? No, no. no the cat, obviously, you wouldn't leave the cat. No, I know. No, no. Well, that too. <laughs> horrible stupid. parents. And then for that, me and Niall both had to live in our respected like family homes for like... Oh I want to say eight months. Oh, wow. And that was the same vibe of you, of like, uh-huh. a lot of growing. You, yeah. When you move home as an adult, yeah. you kind of have to go, right. So I think I have a different relationship, or we both have different relationships with our home because of that. Totally. So I think I would feel even more disconnected if I hadn't gone back for a little yeah. bit. And like, but, yeah, you saved a bit of money. You got to speak to people. You uh-huh. got to reconnect. And I didn't think I would have moved here so quickly. I like, think I put it? my stamp being here. No, absolutely not. Good I bet the love of my life. Oh. And... I have, Diva, a, I have yeah. a great job. I have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, I wouldn't be, I think I like to think I'm quite well established. People know who yep. I am. And I wouldn't have that if I went back to Leicester. Totally. And then came here. And you'd just be in a different, you'd be delayed in your life. You know what I, I mean? I said that. I've said that before. And like, I was ready to come anyway. Also, fun fact. So obviously, Chanel, the character is Austrian. Mm-hmm. And anytime you say it like on a mic or on stage or whatever, like some people forget that it's a character and they think it's very real. Yeah. So a lot of the time, if I will do a gig and someone's like, the Austrian princess, she's flown mm. all this way from Austria to come here. Please, I'll do my number. And then after the, after the show... They'll be like, when do you go back? <laughs> when do you go back? <laughs> I've had this before. In Edinburgh, you get, it's very touristy. Um, the, I once had, I've quite, I've quite a few like German people come up to me and go, Danke schön, and just start speaking like German to me. And I'll go, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I'm not from Austria. I'm so sorry I don't speak a word of fucking German. Or Austrian. I really am sorry. And it's just so like, it's a commitment to the character. Yeah. And you know what's even funnier? I've never even been to Austria. That's hilarious. That needs to change. I know I'm desperate to go. I'd yeah. like to go for my birthday this year. Yeah. I watched go for my birthday last year, but I'm gonna go for my birthday. I think it's really nice to be fair. Just to like just to be like, I'm gonna go to Vienna. My favorite thing I wanna do is take a picture of me in drag in Vienna. Yeah. So people can be like, ha ha ha. Come home. I'm like, oh, just popping home for the weekend. Something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be calm. Um so yeah. Anyway, I should have seen. That's fab. No, no, that was it. So I think we're coming towards the end anyway. So I want to know when I ask everybody, what's next? So what is next for Chanel? So for me, I'm at a stage now where like, I do about one or two gigs a month in Manchester. Mm -hmm. I work part-time in a lovely little interior place. Mm -hmm. Two days a week, love it. And then I do my dressmaking. So I do about two commissions a week. Mm -hmm. And for me, my life, I'm like, I love this. It's good fun. 
and my goals now is for me to continue working on drag continue sort of pushing myself that way that i really would love to have my own show soon yeah my own sort of like stamp somewhere that i know that like it's a weekly thing or a monthly thing that's always there that's guaranteed Mm -hmm. and the other thing that i want to kind of do is i really want to start classes so i want to start sewing classes specifically for drag I, think, I would be there. Like, I would be there on the first day. I think it's one of those things that, like, for people who want to learn how to sew or drag, it is very different from learning how to sew. I think you'd have a lot of clients. I hope so. I mm. hope so because I'd want it to be one of these things that's creatively. I fucking love collaborations. I love being oh. there in a room with someone and really helping them. And and there's so many times. That's the great thing with like myself and Sarah. We we share a studio. I will turn to her and I go, "Is this too long? Is this too short? Like, should I do?" What with this design? And she, like, I will trust her opinion and she will say the same thing with me. She'll go, what, is there enough stones on this? Or what do you think mm-hmm. of this? And I would know, baby, like, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So it's that thing of, I can't wait to be in a room with people who are creative and be like, let me inspire and lead and let me help in a way that I love sewing. I love Just impart that it. knowledge back. And giving it back. We're giving... She's a queen for the people. Queen for the people. But giving enough of it back that you will not be able to start your own business and overtake me. But no. <laughs> That's why people back. don't know. That's why yeah. people don't, like, you haven't, a, a, you have a want to impart that knowledge yeah enough so that you can go I can come to make a stretch gown I can make a body suit a beginner's I drag can make sewing a beginner's drag sewing looks so that A you're not spending so much money on like sheen and all these kind of things and these pre-order stuff and getting little dresses even if it's like I always say this with drag make it your own even if it's gluing feather trim around the cuffs which is something that poppy did and i was like this outfit is cute and that's all that you need to do cost me like 20 quid yeah. yeah you can get stuff cheaper from sheen it was from Affleck's in that you know the shop on the second floor that's got all of the secondhand clothes yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a vintage jacket i don't know what year it's from no idea who wore it before me i'm obsessed with not knowing who wore it before me oh, and then i trot on over to abacans, abacans. and feather section Figure out what feathers work best. You'll love this. I can't sew. But I can do so many different things. But that's like it. That's all gluing. you need. I've added eyelets onto things before. Yep. Do you know what? One of the things that I've made is the outfit and the look that I've had the most traction from. And it was a deconstructed suit that I did for a red carpet for Heads magazine. Oh my God, when y'all were in Affleck. Yeah. I remember seeing that because that was one of the first times I'd seen you like and I was like oh, Poppy go yeah Ooh. I loved that outfit someone asked me to make a version of it and they were going the Brits boom and I was like what the fuck this is literally just glue and like five suits that I've ripped up and stuck together and being like one, one, one. but a wee bit of it is like that I, I say with this with drag make it your own either if it's you're making it yourself or you're going to a charity shop or you're going somewhere else and going let me cut this up let me add yeah. this let me style it this let me put this together and just make it your own don't you feel just so much copy better. and paste it feels so much better to know that you've worn it so I can't imagine how you feel every single time you go out if I could have made some of the things that you wear I'm like I'd feel like on top of the world I love it but I also hate it because it, I now have a constant like right um, I must make myself something fresh <laughs> so, is it like the captions in the sense that like when you've made something you go out on it and then when you get to the village you're like oh I could have done this or I could have just done this or like, there's been so many times I've made stuff and I've been like what was the point I go why have yeah. I put this ever but I don't mean that I go, in a negative way by the way I just mean that the way my mind works is I put something out whether it be like podcast episode mm-hmm. or post or like a bit of written something or I do a performance I'm always the day after being like I could have done this well I think that's that shows that you want to improve your drag yeah it shows that you want to go oh, I did this, I did that. No, no I one's going to be like, say. I look perfect. I'm 10 out of 10 today. There's always one wee thing you can do. What colour nail you wear? What's uh. the jewellery? Why didn't you wear this jewellery? Why, why, uh-huh. why is your hair? Wee things like that. It's a, it's one of those things when you have the skills of the basic knowledge, you can build, you can change, you can like develop and go into the next things and then, then you're suddenly, then you are making suits. Uh-huh. You are making wee bits and bobs like that. So, so my original question was what next? imparting that knowledge and giving back to the community because there is a thing shut up madonna um there is a thing we are getting old well i'm getting old i feel i'm getting old it's in my body it's in my brains and drag yes can be something you can do for a very long time Mm -hmm. but for me it's something that like might stop at a certain point Mm -hmm. so there always needs to be i always think with life you need to have about six backup plans oh yeah 
plan B, plan D, plan C, plan A, plan A.2, yeah. things like that. So for me, it's it's definitely about wanting to grow my business of dressmaking. Also, wanting to become more of a staple here so that then I don't have to have a part-time job. Yeah. So that then I can spend more time relaxing and I don't have to be working like six days a week. And uh-huh. I can spend a bit more time chilling out. Yeah. That kind of thing. That's, that's the vibe. Because also, how am I going to retire? Exactly. How am I going to retire? Exactly. I need to figure all that shit out. Yeah. So, Pensions and Pensions. shit. Pensions. Baby, I you can't live off that government pension, that's for sure. Oh, girl, get fuck off from that. <laughs> fuck off. Well, you have to pay into it to get out of it, so. Exactly. Whoops. Anyway. Yeah. Girl, I might walk out of this flat and be hit by a brick. You yeah. do You do not know what is around the corner. And I also think it's really important that drag race isn't everyone's be all and end all yeah. option. Become a train conductor, that kind of thing. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of my things. I want to be a train conductor. Some of the queens have a face for it. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd be one of them. <laughs> I think it's really good to have like a goal of, I want to work on what I've already got. Yep. And make that better. Yeah. That's great. Anyway, we should wrap up because you are a busy woman and you have plans. Yeah. Drinks with the girls. Um, but it has been fabulous having you on. So thank you very much for joining me. I've loved it. It's been a fabulous little time getting to know like each other, chatting exactly. nicely back and forth. Mm-hmm. And um, like I will say this, like from meeting you, from getting to know you and like spend time with you, you're such like a genuine person. I'm definitely breathing, which yeah, is good. good. I'm alive. Good. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. But just a genuine person that like, as I was like chatting away to the folks about you for ages and then when we went out and met you the other night there, mm. they were like, oh, pop you out. I was like, I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm not fucking lying. But yeah. Nice. yeah. So no, I like you to, for having I like me. to stick to quite a real like. Yeah, you get it. You get yeah. it. Yeah. I love a drag persona, i.e. Mm-hmm. yourself. But also, you just need to know when to drop the persona. Yeah, I've spoken to you in drag when you've been exactly like this. Yeah. And I like that. I love the glamour and I love the drama. Absolutely obsessed with it. Yeah. But I also like, I like genuine people. Genuine people, just genuine. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining me. It's been absolutely fab. Thank you so much for um, having me. Yeah. But yeah, it's been absolutely fab having on. And if you ever want to come back for a therapy session, you're absolutely welcome. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, goodbye to all the viewers and goodbye to Chanel. Oh, goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Done. Fab. How was that?